there is nothing we prize more than courage. But courage is not a precious stone like a diamond that takes a billion years to create, nor oil, for example, that must be drawn from deep underground. Courage, it's actually something way much simpler. It's renewable. It's everywhere. It's something that we're capable of at a moment's notice. There are unlimited, even daily opportunities for it everywhere. Courage can be found in each and every one of us. So then why does it remain so rare? Why is it something that we don't see that often? Well, because we are afraid. It's easier not to get involved. It's easier to walk away from, you know, with fear. It's easier to walk away from courage. Maybe we have something else we're working on and now it's not the perfect time or it's not a good time or it's not, you know, a time where we are willing to step out of our comfort zone and feel courageous and, you know, open new borders. It's an understandable logic, but if we all thought that way, then what's left? So let's see first, what is actually courage? What does it mean? No? So courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. It's the strength in the face of pain and grief. It comes from Valentines. It's also named in Spanish valor, coraje. So it's kind of like these um, drives, this courageousness, this willingness to push our boundaries outside, to walk in front of something that scares us a lot, something that terrifies us. So in an ugly world, courage is what allows beautiful things to happen. So what is the courage killer, the number one courage killer? Well, it's fear, of course. Fear is the force, the main force that prevents courage. So it's impossible to beat an enemy that you don't understand because with courage, we don't know how big or how small our opponent is. We don't know um, the tactics that this opponent might have. We don't know if it's someone who strategizes. We don't know if someone is, it's, you know, good with a sword. We don't know if it's someone that uses specific technology. We don't, we don't actually know who our opponent is. And that's quite tricky because fear is the enemy of courage in, it, in all its forms, from terror to apathy to hatred to playing it small. We are in a battle, constant battle against fear. So you have to study fear, get familiar with it, grapple with its causes and symptoms. Everybody has fear, but it's the ability to rise above it that makes someone remarkable. And we've seen those, you know, stories about, you know, the neighbor that um, went climbing outside of the building to save, you know, uh, their toddlers, neighbors, kids. We've all know and love those stories. Uh, the person that, you know, saved someone from falling in the subway. One of these, you know, stories, we actually hear it in the news and we make, you know, a big deal of them because they're not that common. So it's 
it's important, you know, to see how um, how we can go past that fear because courage needs us. So if we wish to be great, we must first learn how to conquer fear or at least rise above it in the moments that matter to us. So what is it the call we fear? Let's talk about it for a bit. What we are to do in life comes from somewhere be beyond us. Each of us is called to be something. But will we choose to accept this? Will we choose to do our duty? Or we will run away? That is our call. Today, each of us receives our own call. Every one of us. And we might feel a bit confused, kind of like, oh, I'm not that sure if my call is this or that. Well, dig a little bit deeper on fear. Because sometimes we can, you know, put an excuse. It could be money, it could be time, it could be our kids, it could be X, Y, and Z, it could be our parents, whatever we choose. But sometimes what's behind it is pure fear. So if each of us receives our own call, there will be so many reasons why this will feel like the wrong thing to do. And here's where fear reveals itself. The receiver can't catch the football if they flinch in anticipation of the hit. The artist can't deliver the performance if they tremble at the ready pants of the critics. The politician will rarely make the right decision if she worries about the consequences at the polls. There is no room for fear if we want to progress. There is no room for fear if we want to step outside of the comfort zone. There is no room for fear if we want to grow. If fear is driving, is a driving force in your life, then start thinking the other way around. Fear what you'll miss. Fear what happens if you don't act. Fear what they will think of you down the road for having dared so little, for not being able to do your duty. If courage is never required in your life, you're living a boring life. Put yourself in a position that demands you to take a leap. I remember this story of this American general that he was hit in, with a bullet in his back and went straight into his vertebra. And the last words that he said when death was coming for him was, thank God I was able to do my duty. I wonder if, we, if all of us die right now or any one of us die right now, if we would be able to say that. So let's talk about what builds courage. What is it about courage? So courage means willingly facing hardship and danger. So when people talk about courage, people often break it into two different types, the moral courage and the physical courage, okay? So moral courage is the ability to act as your conscious dictates, even if that means defying social norms or risking scandal and gossip. Whistleblowers and truth-tellers exemplify this type of courage. They're unafraid to rely on their own inner convictions, no matter the consequences. 
Okay. The second type of courage is a physical courage. And this one is demonstrated by soldiers and first responders. It means risking life and limb, putting your body rather than your reputation on the line. Maybe you think it's a useful distinction, but is it really? Because at the end of the day, doesn't courage of all stripes come down to one thing? Taking risks, enduring danger, putting yourself in peril? So the key message here is courage means willingly facing hardship and danger. You've surely heard of Hercules. He's this towering fury figure, both literally and figuratively, in the midst of ancient Greece. A hard-living and rugged warrior. It's easy to imagine him living on the spur of the moment, ripping through life in pursuit of each minute's appetites and whims. But nothing could be further from the truth. You see, Hercules willingly chose to endure hardship, presented with two options, a risk-free life of ease and a risky life of virtue. He made the courageous choice. He embraced risk and struggle and spent his life pursuing virtue. In the legend, this choice was dark. Hercules, then only a young man, came to a shaded crossroads in the hill of Greece. Their road diverged, and along each path stood a woman, each quite unlike each other. One was a beautiful goddess, luxuriously robbed. She enticed him with promise of ease, pleasure, and troubled peace. If he followed her, she assured him he would never experience pain, hardship, or deprivation, ever. His life would be a dream, his every wish completely satisfied. The other woman, on the other hand, promised something very different. She too was a, was a goddess as well, but she was dressed very plainly, very plainly. She didn't entice or allure, and she offered a life good deal. She offered a life a good deal less tempting. Not a life of pleasure, but one of struggle. Not a life of ease, but one of hard work. But for all the deprivation and danger Hercules could face, all the threats and terrors, he would also gain something. Not pleasure, not ease, but glory. The reward, the reward for living life against the odds, for courageously choosing to pursue a virtue. Hercules hesitated briefly, and then he chose the thorny but virtuous path, the one that has kept his name alive for eons. You might hesitate to, but would you choose what Hercules chose? Would you choose comfort? Are you choosing comfort instead of courage? So let's talk a little bit about um, how we can work with courage on our side. So number one, okay, the preparations are going to make you brave. Are other people natural braver, braver than you or are they just better prepared? Training is key to overcoming fear in any and all situations. What we don't expect or haven't practiced will always have an advantage over us. But with regular practice, you're familiarizing yourself and becoming comfortable with discomfort is a preparation that makes you brave for a new opportunity. Number two, just start somewhere, just do something. There's something really important to avoid perfectionism. Done is better than perfect. I'm going to say that again. Done is better than perfect. The French speaks of petite actions, 
those first small steps, the builders of momentum, the little things that add up. This concept is helpful for us when we feel afraid of, of or despair in the face of a problem. We don't need to lead a grand charge. Sometimes the best place to start is somewhere small. Florence Nightingale worked in a hospital for one summer, and that gave her the confidence to dedicate her life to the task. She eventually went on to be the first ever recipient of the Royal Red Cross and revolutionized modern nursing. Florence Nightingale didn't start with the Red Cross and change the world overnight. She started with a few weeks of work in her local hospital, getting a little bit of experience and making each subsequent step one after the other. On the other hand, for example, Thomas Edison disagreed. He said that life was too short to start uh, at the small end of things. He always wanted to go for the hard problems and the ambitious projects. Perhaps there's a way we can align these concepts. We can begin with petite actions, but on our magnum opus. Start small on something big. Your headlines may only illuminate a few feet of the dark road in front of you. But maybe for you that's enough for you to drive all the way home. You'll be surprised at how big a difference just a little action can make. Three, courage is contagious. When another country called on Sparta for a military help, the Spartans wouldn't send their army. They sent only one Spartan commander. But this was all it took. Because much like fear, courage is contagious. It takes one person who isn't afraid and knows what they're doing to reinforce an outnumbered army, bucks up a broken system, or calms chaos. Army historian... Marshall used to say that no matter how lowly their rank is, anyone who controls him themselves contributes to control others. You just need to have the courage to do your duty. You make a difference when you are brave, when you make others brave in the process. And if you're brave, you're being an inspiration for other people to be brave as well. So it's kind of like the butterfly effect of courageousness. We're going to talk about the heroic. If courage is the act of putting yourself on the line, then the definition of heroic is quite simple then. It is risking yourself for someone else. This is a type of bravery we hold up above all others because it's so rare, much more profound, something we see only flittingly. So to be a hero, we must triumph over fear, cultivate courage in a daily life, and be ready to seize opportunities that life presents us. Our need for heroes is great. Will you be a hero? Will you be someone's hero? Will you be your own hero? In the summer of 1969, Captain James Stockdale was held as a war prisoner in the infamous Hanoi Hilton. The brutal beatings and deprivations had been hard. He was struggling and scared. The enemy wanted him to shave, look presentable for the cameras, and say all was well. Instead, Stockdale used a razor blade they'd given him to shave to cut open a three-inch gash across his forehead. Sensing this wouldn't be enough, he grabbed a wooden stool and bashed his own face with it repeatedly, until his eyes and face swelled up so much that he could barely see. This was the beginning of his campaign of defiance against his captors in the Hanoi Hilton. Stockdale didn't see himself as a prisoner of war, he saw himself as a prisoner at war. After a few months, the torture had only gotten worse. 
Stockdale decided that he would offer his life to put an end to the suffering of all of his mates. So he was tied to a chair, but he waddled over to the only pan grass window in the prison and broke it. He grabbed a geek shard of glass and slit his wrists. Stockdale was revived, and this day marked the final day of prison torture they had come to know in Hanoi. A hero is not someone simply braving the elements alone. It's not you against the world. It's not you angry at the world. It's about what you're willing to do for the world. Similarly, in the same conflict as Stockdale, think of the Vietnamese monk Thich Quang Duc. Deeply distressed and aged by the South Vietnamese persecution of Buddhist citizens, he decided he would make an even more incredible gesture of defiance. He lit himself on fire. It's almost too perfect that the root of the word courage means hearts. Not only did Thich Quang Duc show great heart through his wild gesture and superhuman statement of resistance, but his heart was the only thing that survived this cremation on the street. Today, his heart sits displayed as a holy relic, a symbol of defiance. It's not defiance for its own sake. It's a love of the innocent, a love of the future, even if they won't get to experience it. They're hoping they can offer hope and a brighter future for others. The flip side of what it, what's in it for me is the courage to rise above our limit in the service of others. So the odds may be stacked against you, but you can beat them. The fight is not over. If you're alive, the fight is not, is not over. So if we only proceeded when things were favorable, then history will never be made. We have to remember that polls, estimations, statistical models are all static. They can't predict for the individual who make events happen rather than sitting back and waiting for things to happen to us. There is no courage without bad odds or willingness to risk losing what you have. You need to remember that you've always had what it took to defy the odds. Did you know that your own very ex existence is perhaps the least likely thing to happen? According to scientists, the odds of you being born are in the realm of 1 in 400 trillion. Even that fact alone is an understatement. Consider everything that had happened for you, for your parents to meet. For your descendants, you know, to survive generations and generations, for you to survive, for you to be the sperm that first lies the ovum, for you to find yourself here at this moment thinking about what you may embark on. You are a miracle on the spectrum of unlikely miracles. And yet, here you are, alive, with a world full of opportunities in front of you. Of course, you can just disregard the dangers because they're inconvenient, they're uncomfortable, Entrepreneurs who consistently bet the company on the next big idea will eventually go bust. Sometimes we must be bravely enough to defy the odds. But we do this only when there is a real chance of success. And we do it rarely when we have no other choice. Think about it. What happens in your life if you didn't have another choice in your life? Would you be brave? Would you start that business? Would you start doing that thing that scares you? Would you jump into parenthood? Would you have that conversation? What would you do? Because courage is calling you. Courage needs you. And we need heroes. We need you to be a hero. 
we need more people at Leeds with example. So come on, answer the call of courage. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.